And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Good Wednesday morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. We're going to catch you up on all the Tuesday action in the NBA on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm Mo DeKeel. That's right. Normally I'm a guest, but today I'm a host. We don't know where this car is going to go. I'm joined by James Edwards III. He's sitting there in the passenger seat and kind of afraid. James, how you doing? I'm doing well. It's a, a C-list schedule in the NBA uh, calendar and a C-list fill-in. So it, it's much fitting that I got <laughs> no, tonight's slating game. No, we're, we've, we've, we're, we're, we've elevated you. And we're hoping you're going to elevate the slate. And we got Andrew Schlecht on the uh, ones and twos, and he's already sitting there shaking his head going, I can't believe I have to edit this later. <laughs> Don't miss the exclusive coverage, the in-depth coverage of the unprecedented sports season. Subscribe now and save. Go to theathletic.com slash daily ding. You can receive an all-access subscription for just $3.99 a month. I'm telling you, that's probably, you paid more for your coffee right now than you're going to do for this subscription. And if you do get the subscription, you get to read all of James's great work. Coming up on today's show, the shorthanded Clippers take on the Hawks, the Jazz host the Knicks, and Russ makes his return to Houston with Washington. But first, we want to take a second to honor a legend, Sekou Smith, who unfortunately passed away on Tuesday due to COVID. For those that don't know, he's a phenomenal journalist, within the NBA community. He covered the Atlanta Hawks. He's been all all over the league uh, with the Atlanta Constitutional Journal, the Indianapolis Star, and he was on NBA TV a bunch uh, with that crew. This was a guy, if you go through, just seeing the timelines on Twitter, This he was loved by so many people. He had a lot of warmth and kindness across the board. Unfortunately, I, I never got to meet him, but I think James you might have a few times yeah he's um yeah first of all rest in peace great dude um the thing with Seku is I only we only came across each other a few times but every single time he went out of his way to have a conversation with me just I'm a a young reporter from Michigan where he's from he's from Grand Rapids um he's a huge Michigan fan I went to Michigan State so we talk about that a lot um, Seku Dumbuya, who I cover, was like the only other person named Seku I think he knew. So there was that connection, and we'd talk about that too. Um, but the big thing with, with Seku is he's – for the guys I consider like my OGs, my big brothers in this journalism game, the the Marcus Thompsons, the, the Vinny Goodwills, he was that to them. So immediately when I got into the league, um, meeting him, I was super excited just because the things – they say about him like you can't help but look forward to meeting a guy like that who was so influential to the people that were influential to you so for a guy to have an impact on so many people that were special to me um, as somebody myself who knew him but not not super well um, that was all I needed because those guys's character meter is very high and 
that guy Seku was was at the top of their top of their chart. So rest in peace to him. Yeah, uh, just a, a giant. We're gonna miss him uh, dearly in the industry. And um, like you said, just rest in peace and condolences to all his family and friends. Okay, well, let's get to the games. The Clippers, 99. The Hawks, 108 in Atlanta. This one was a little bit tough for the Clippers. No Kawhi Leonard, no Paul George. Both out with COVID protocols. They didn't even make it onto the flight to this long road trip that they're about to begin. Also, no Patrick Beverly. He's out with a knee injury. The Hawks struggled early. Shot 1-7 from 3 to start the game. Ended up rolling in the end. Clippers fought all night. Got good games from Reggie Jackson and Serge Ibaka, but eventually the wheels fall off, fell off and Trey Young went nuts. <laughs> scored 28 of his 38 points in the second half. James, what what were some of your impressions from the Hawks after seeing this game? And we got to note they got Danilo Gallinari back. Yeah, Trey Young came back from a sprained ankle. Clint Capella had missed a game and he was back. Just what are your thoughts so far just early on these Hawks teams? I was really impressed tonight specifically with their rim protection. I thought, I mean, I think Collins had four or five blocks. I thought Capella did a good job. There was a stretch, I think, in the third quarter where the Clippers could not get a bucket to fall in the paint. Um, Kennard had got blocked twice on back-to-back possessions. I think Reggie as well. Serge Ibaka tried to go back up and got blocked. That's one thing with John Collins that I might have to – I'm looking for a pen now to do this handwritten apology for him. Just as a defender, he's really grown this year. <laughs> And I'm kind of stunned. Like, I've seen them up close. Well, not up close and personal, but I've they've played the Pistons two or three times already now. I've watched the Hawks a, a couple times separate from that. And he's gotten a lot better defensively, specifically, obviously, protecting the rim. Um, and I thought tonight him and Capella and their, their potential as uh, kind of deniers of uh, of the paint really showed. And, and the Clippers struggled to score. I mean, Reggie Jackson, I, I had flashbacks. I mean, a Reggie Jackson-led team. <laughs> your favorite guy. This is your Man. favorite guy. My, it was a Reggie Jackson-led team where they were staying in the contest with kind of just an eh team, and there was a chance to win it down the stretch. It was it brought back so many 2015 to 2020 Pistons moments. A couple of flashbacks there for you. It's just tough for the Clippers without the firepower that they normally have. You know, they were one of the hottest shooting teams in the league. They were on a seven-game win streak that obviously got snapped tonight. They come in tonight without those guys, and – they shoot 30% from three, 40% from the field, get a rough night from Lou Williams, only goes four for 14. I feel for the Clippers, but at the same time, too, it's one of those things where I felt for the Hawks more importantly. Because if you win the game, it's you're supposed to win this game. Yeah. You lose this game, we're going to make fun of you nonstop. Yeah, you're in real trouble. Um, <laughs> yeah. it, it really, it really, like the Hawks could not afford to lose this one, especially with the, the, the expectations. I know they've, they've had a wonky start to the year with guys in and out of the lineup. I think Bogdan... Bogdan Bogdanovich going out has really hurt them. It, it just feels like they need another kind of perimeter creator, another playmaker. And that seems to be, aside from just the weirdness of, of their roster throughout this year, him specifically, he was going to play a big role. And uh, Trey, he's had a he's been better the last five games. Obviously, he didn't start great. Um, shooting the three ball a little bit better as of late. His floater game hasn't been as good, though. He was okay, I believe, tonight. Um, but I, I think they're missing another per- perimeter playmaker creator, and I thought Bogdan would have been able to fill that. Is it Bogdan or Boyan? What, what, which one am I? It's Bogdan. It's Bogdan. It We're Bogdan. gonna get to Boyan. We're gonna get yeah. to Boyan in a minute. That's right. But Bogdan's on this team. Yes, Bogdan. I, I think they need another perimeter creator. Obviously, they thought he would help fill that void, um, and you can kind of see them missing. DeAndre Hunter stepped up, but they're they're still just a little bit missing on that perimeter. 
Yeah, and to just touch on it, the last point, when you talk about missing another playmaker, you know, this was a little bit of a, a, a slug match for them. And even though Trey Young had 38 points, he only had four assists. And mm-hmm. he just wasn't really kind of creating as much as you would hope. You touched on it. DeAndre Hunter finished with 22 points. Click Capella with a huge, another double-double game, 13 points, 19 rebounds. For the Clippers, Reggie Jackson did finish with 20 points, 8 assists, and 7 rebounds. And like I said, just only 11 points for Lou Williams off the bench. Next up, Knicks 94, Jazz 108 in Utah. This was a really interesting game because it looked like the Knicks were about to blow the doors off the Jazz. They had an amazing first half. They shot 55% from the field, 50 from three. Austin Rivers went ballistic in the first half, scoring 25 points and ended up with 25 points. You can do the math on that, folks. The Jazz worked themselves back into the game in the second half. Connolly went off in the third quarter with 14 points to keep it going. Jazz started the fourth quarter on an 11-0 run. The Knicks led by as much as 15, lost by 16. So that's just a huge swing, 31-point swing, James. I don't know what you do with that. It really was a tale of two halves. I mean, you look at the first half, Austin Rivers was everywhere. The Utah Jazz couldn't buy a bucket. Second half, Austin Rivers was nowhere. The Utah Jazz couldn't miss. And, like, sometimes it's just as simple as that. Utah, they had decent looks in the first half. They didn't go in. They had really good looks in the second half. They went in. And Austin Rivers either they, they, they weren't looking for him. He wasn't assertive. I thought it was a little bit of both. Um, but they just couldn't get anything off offensively um, at all. New York couldn't. Um, and Utah just went back to what we've seen from Utah all season long, drive kick, money, and it's been a recipe that's been absolutely ridiculous through this early part of the season. Yeah, they came in on an eight-game win streak, pushed it out to nine right now. I think that's the longest streak we've had so far in the NBA this season. And like you said, they've just been on fire from deep. But really the big question for me, James, when it comes to the Jazz Nut cutting time. Yeah, can they compete with the Lakers and the Clippers when the Clippers are are full full roster? I I like what I'm seeing from Utah, but I also just I need to. It's one of those things, and it's such a cop out answer. You need to see it to believe it, and that's when those teams turn the corner. Those type of organizations. I didn't. I think Steve Kerr said the other day, Utah is where we were. Was it three, four, five years ago, or whatever? Right. time it was yep. and it's that it's that playoff series that that you win that you're not supposed to that really one turns a corner nationally gets gets people really recognizing and two probably does something for your psyche as a team and I think they have the potential for many years to be a solid regular season team a really good regular season team but like you said Mo uh, when it comes to the postseason do they have it? and I just think the Lakers specifically are head and shoulders above most in the west and that's factoring in what I know they're going to do come playoff time. And the Clippers went healthy. I mean, I don't think the three-point shooting is going to be as good as it's been in, uh, for the Clippers. Uh, but I mean, it's but been absurd. It's so. been ridiculous. <laughs> but they've done a good job of moving the ball. Uh, they look they, they look a lot better than last year's Clippers, I think. Yeah. And, you know, with the Jazz, I just think this is the Jazz team everybody thought we were going to see last season. Connolly yeah. looks so much more comfortable, more fluid within the offense. I think they they actually have a second unit, which was a problem last year. I felt Joe Ingles looks more comfortable in the role of coming off the bench, getting Derek Favors. I know it wasn't like a huge signing, but it was big because it was a guy they've had in their system. So it's not like he needs much time to really kind of ramp up time to really get up to speed. Right. And the Jazz are able to just keep it going. And they just got they got good feelings going around them all across the board, and, and, and you can't really knock it. I think they're going to be there 
towards the end of the season. I don't know if they're on that level though of the Lakers or Clippers, but I do got it. We got to talk about the Knicks because this is one of the few times, James. I think we get to talk about them and not make fun of them at the same time. <laughs> right. Even though a poor, sh- <laughs> even though it was a poor showing tonight, like they've been quite a surprise this season. They have. They really have. I mean. The defense has improved, which you expect under Tibbs. Uh, Mitchell Robinson, I I like the way they use him. He seems like he's growing into his role. He's obviously got some bumps and he needs to get better, but I like what I've seen from him. I like Emmanuel quickly. Um, Julius Randle, his season has been talked about a lot. Um, Credit to Tibbs, man. He's got these guys playing. It's not always fun to watch, uh, but he's got them playing winning basketball. He's got them believing. I'm curious to see if I think before today New York was in the eighth seed. I still don't see them as a a playoff team, maybe a play-in team. But I mean, credit to them because I didn't expect them to even be in this position, even at this point in the season. Not not one bit. Man, I thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league. Yeah, and I got to give them credit for everything they've done. And also, you know, R.J. Barrett's been pretty good this season not spectacular but good solid and and, and relatively consistent Mm -hmm. he had 17 points tonight on 7 of 11 shooting Julius Randle 18 points 10 rebounds uh we talked about Austin Rivers amazing first half and that did not replicate at all in the second half (laughs) for the Jazz Mike Connolly finished with 19 points 7 rebounds and 5 assists Rudy Gobert with a monster game, 18 points, 19 rebounds. Him and Capella competing for the, the rebounds. They both one of them should have gotten 20. James, that's that's my 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 big uh problem with them today. Somebody uh, needed overall, to get to 20. Yeah. No, that somebody, yeah, so, Rudy somebody had to break had a, through. Yeah, Ru, blame Rui. Or Rui. Wow. I have that Wizards game stuck in my head. He didn't even play. <laughs> <laughs> we're, you're just so excited to get to that Wizards Rockets game that we're gonna talk about in a minute. That was so but, bad. Uh, <laughs> save it for the show um, oh well, we're on the show we'll save it till we get there but anyways a big thing for the Jazz too is they were able to get this win with an off night from Donovan Mitchell went 3 of 15 from the field with only 9 points yeah and, and that goes to show where Utah is at as a, as a team man like like you said you, you touched about how Mike, how good Mike Conley has been this year and even that's like almost an understatement to me like he's been really really good and there was that point last year of course he goes to a new team. People are just wondering if they the Jazz got a guy who might be going downhill if he's washed. But this is a guy that's played in one system his whole career, a different style, was the lead ball handler from all his career, played with two bigs. And this is it was a complete change to him last year. And you saw you're seeing it now that he's settled in. I don't know if he's healthier, what it is, but it's, it just seems like to me he's more comfortable. And he's looking like the Mike Conley that that should have made at least one All Star team back in those Memphis days. Um, he's been really, really good. But the rest of Jordan Clarkson, we didn't even mention him. He's been really good this year. I think he's 17 points a game on 48 from the field, 40 from three. Uh, they just have a deep team. George's Niang hit some big shots today. Um, they got a lot of players, man. You just wonder, like you said, Moe, what happens when it's uh, when basketball matters. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? 
Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Now we're on to the news. Yesterday marked the one-year anniversary of the tragic death of Kobe and Gianna Bryant in the helicopter crash. They weren't alone. Sometimes we tend to lose sight of the other people in it. So Alyssa Altobelli, Carrie Altobelli, John Altobelli, Peyton Chester, Sarah Chester, Christina Mauser, and Aria Zubian all were on the helicopter and, and all lost their lives that day. The NBA paid its respect for Kobe. NBA Athletic Show, the tampering episode, did a whole episode on it. Be sure to check that out. And uh, rest in peace to everybody there. Yeah, rest in peace to everybody. Um, I mean, it, it's it's crazy that that only happened a year ago with everything that's happened in between then. Um, it, it feels like it was yesterday, and it also feels like it was it was longer than a year. So it, it's been tough. It, everything's since then has kind of just been a, a whirlwind. Um, it's been a crazy year. It's been it's been crazy, and Kobe. I mean, I'm 28. That's that's my goat. That's I know others may have questioned his. With, when you get into the analytics and all that stuff, that's my that's my guy. That's my Jordan. Um, I, I got a poster of him in my office. I got a jersey. I got it's everything. Like it's ridiculous. So it, it, the day doesn't go by where you don't think about Kobe in this household because it, he's he is around. In other NBA news. Per Woj, the NBA and the NBA Players Association are discussing scenarios to hold an All-Star game in March. The game could be possibly held in Atlanta with the game providing support for historically black colleges and universities and COVID relief. Chris Paul, president of the Players Union, has been a big proponent of this idea. The 2021 All-Star game was supposed to be played in Indiana. Obviously, that's going to be changed if this goes through. The league will have a midseason break between March 5th and to March 10th, so that's where they're hoping to maybe fit this All-Star game in there. I don't know about you, James, but I'm not a, a big fan of this. Just let the players rest. Have All-Star teams. Let the guy, let everybody vote. Let everybody get their 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 love making for the All-Star season. Mm-hmm. But uh, we, we don't need to play the game. No, I'm with you. And I, and I don't really like how the league has dressed this up to say – it's going to provide support for just HBCUs and universities. Like that may very well be the case, but the what they're doing is they want to make money, um, and it's very hypocritical for a league that's been at the forefront of of trying to do its part in in slowing COVID and 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 taking care of its people, uh, but then turning around and wanting to have an All Star game, which is unnecessary. In a, in a in the hotbed right now of of, of COVID, um, the optics don't look good. I, I'd be surprised if the if the league goes with this. Um, I just think there's going to be too much blowback. But money, oh, I mean, well, we're watching games right now because of money. You know what <laughs> I mean? <laughs> if the players are on board, I, I don't see how it doesn't happen. Uh, our own Sham Sharanian from The Athletic is reporting the Pelicans are taking calls on Lonzo Ball and J.J. Redick. The rumors are going to start flying, James. It is time. Once uh, the big Harden trade went down, everybody was was ready to deal. Um, 
I, I mean, I like if uh, I have no issue with with the Pelicans trying to move on from Lonzo. He is entering a restricted free agency. Nikhil Alexander Walker has played well. Um, Lonzo hasn't played well. JJ, um, you look and I'd imagine he wants to compete for something more than what his five and team five and ten team is offering. And I'm sure there's some suitors out there, <clears throat> Golden State that that could use some shooting like that. Um, New Orleans is underwhelming so far, and I don't necessarily think it's a product of, of coaching. I just think that the roster needs a few tweaks here and there, um, and I think Lonzo and J.J. are kind of two obvious candidates to, to move on from. Yeah, they got to find the right moves and, and get just they got to get this thing gelling here and get the right pieces, figure out the right lineups and, and things like that. But let's get to the last game of the night. I know, James, you've been excited for this game. Oh, We're going to hit it real quick. The Washington Wizards 88, the Rockets 107 in Houston. Russell Westbrook made his return to Houston. It got a little feisty on the court. It had a little double technical action between Westbrook and John Wall. John Wall went off for 24 points. Bradley Beal, speaking of trade rumors and all that stuff, had 33 points, 12 of 28 shooting, so not the best shooting night for him. Russell Westbrook, 19 points, 11 rebounds, 7 assists. Victor Oladipo for the Rockets, 20 points, 5 rebounds. Just, you know, not the most exciting game. No. But an interesting return game a little bit. Yeah, it would have been far more interesting with with more fans. Um that game was was brutal to watch. I mean, like you said, the best part of it, I thought, was at the end when Wall and, and Russ were, were chirping at each other. I mean, I, I think the the Wizards shot, what was it, like 40% from the field, if that, and under 30% from three. It was just gross. It was just not a fun game. It was kind of a game that you'd expect from one team that's just not very good and the other team who's – had its own COVID issues, has made a big roster shakeup. Um, that's still trying to find its identity as a team. It was it was not a great game. Um, you looked at Bradley Beal after there's a viral clip of him having his hands in his head, or his head in his hands, and just kind of shaking it back and forth. Like I love Bradley Beal. That's one of my favorite players in the league to watch. He, he owes Washington nothing at this point, and if he were to request a yeah. trade. Um, I I would hope that nobody would uh, look at him any differently. Interesting thing at the end of the game, in his post-game interview on NBA TV, Wall did say he felt like the Wizards gave up on him for for trading him, and and this was very personal for him. It'll be very interesting when this team moves, <laughs> when this game is played in Washington, whenever that may be. Yes, and I, I, I mean I'm I'm glad he feels that way. Um, I think. Washington was right to move on from him. Now, do I think that the person they got back is is the person that they should have got back? Probably not, but that's maybe all they could do, given John Wall's contract and injury history. Um, but yeah, I mean, good for him. He he played okay, and I know he's missed a lot of games because he's on my fantasy team. Um, <laughs> no, we're done. We're done. As soon as you mentioned your fantasy team, don't nobody want to hear that. We're done, James. That's going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. We still have your favorite shows on the Athletic NBA show, Nerd or She Wrote on Fridays. Just so you know, that's the one you want to listen to because that's the one I'm on. 
No Dunks, and House of Strauss, plus over a dozen team-specific shows available from some of your favorite athletic beat writers. Don't forget to follow up on the app to get notifications for new episodes and utilize the podcast episode comment section. This way you can interact with your favorite writers and whatnot and go back and forth. And if you're not a member of The Athletic, you're in luck. You can get all of our podcasts ad-free, plus some fantastic writing across all major sports, including James's, all for a super low price. Get a subscription today at theathletic.com slash daily ding. You never know when these promos are going to end, so get there soon. Thank you for waking up with us. If you got to go outside, please, please, I am begging you, wear a mask. It is not just for your safety, but for everybody around you. James, send us home. Appreciate you guys. Ding, ding, ding. Triple ding. <laughs> I forgot how many. <laughs> I forgot how many it was. <laughs>As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.